All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. Episode 10 of the Fight Cast. Just a quick little rewind here. I messed up. I uh, didn't post some episodes and I sent the wrong episodes and we had a little bit of a mix up on the actual anchor. So if you guys are confused, like we just were, um, everything's going to be fixed. I'm going to rename the episodes and we're going to have all the episodes up there by the end of tonight. Uh, well, tonight while we're filming this, and then this will be up uh, uploaded tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. So you, everything will be up there and you guys will get all the episodes you can listen into order. So just wanted to start off with that in case you guys were confused because we were just looking and I realized that I kind of messed up the episodes, but everything's going to be fixed. I promise. And uh, we're going to go from there. So it'll be good. So weekend, it's a good weekend. There was a lot of good fights. There was the fight cast was five for five. Just add into that win tally. If we, uh, if uh, betting is, betting is legal in Tennessee. So I might have to start partaking in it if we keep this trend up. Um, but we did, we did well. It was another good weekend. We had Canelo, we had Triple G, we had Steven Thompson, we had Jose Aldo, Michael Pereira. It, it was a really good night overall and a good weekend. Triple G fought on Friday. So we're going to go over those quick. And then me and Jake have a little bit of a special episode plan. So each of us picked a fight of significance from, I picked a fight from UFC and he picked a boxing match. And we're going to break those down. These are historical boxing matches. The rules were both guys had to be retired in the match that it was in. And we're going to break down the significance and kind of break down of the fight and kind of what we saw and then go from there. We've got some really cool stuff planned. Uh, we're going to dive into that. But first, over the weekend, let's start with UFC. Um, as I said, five for five. We picked all five fights right. The three UFC fights, I personally picked right. Steven Thompson outclassed Jeff Neal. Like, just he got cut early on. But other than that, he put on, like, a very, very good stand-up performance. And, like, you know, I know that uh, most of those guys aren't great punchers. But uh, Steven Thompson is a dude who – has like this weird funky like karate style type of game where he just like throws punches but from like all different angles and he kicks really well and he moves it, really well. Is that his background karate? I thought it was like American kickboxing. I think it, it might be. I, I think he's got like a some background of karate, but he throws a lot of kicks. He throws a lot of sharp. Uh, he's very sharp with his punches. He doesn't really like knock people out, but like he 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 hits people enough and. You know, he just outclassed Jeff Neal because Jeff Neal was more of like a brute. He's just like a knockout guy. And, uh, he just literally out, outpaced him, outmoved him. He was just landing his shots better, and Jeff Neal couldn't hit him. And a lot of people had Jeff Neal as like a, a favorite in this fight uh, because Thompson's had some close calls, and he lost to a couple people. But he's just a really good overall fighter, and he, like, proved his – he proved his worth again. And, and, you know, he's gonna, he, I forgot who he called out exactly, but I, I, whoever he called out is like a big step and it's going to be a good challenge overall. Um, you know, he, he, he stepped up and he, he did really well. And like, it was impressive. Like he won all five rounds clearly. Like it wasn't a debate. Um, you know, he really just outclassed, outclassed strikes, movement, um, just the pace of the fight. Like, like I said, when you watch the fight, it was one of those things you saw every single round. It was like, all right, he clearly won that. He clearly won that. And then it was a conversation of like, Jeff Neal's got to knock him out. Jeff Neal's got to knock him out. And then he didn't. So um, next fight was Aldo versus Vera. This was a fight I knew Aldo was going to win. I don't like Vera. I don't hate Vera. I don't like Vera. He fought um, Sean O'Malley. I don't know if you're familiar with who that is, Jake. But yeah, he's, yeah. Like a, he's like a dollar store McGregor, people call him. I think he's a wannabe. Um, he's a good fighter, but... Um, I've seen him fight. He does. He's got some skill. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a very good fighter. But he's just his attitude's kind of like, you know, not there. And um, he lost to Vera his last fight. It was a fluke. He hurt his foot and he couldn't go on. And then he got dropped. And then Vera got on top of him and just ended the fight. But there was really nothing O'Malley could do because he had like nerve damage in his foot or he broke it. I don't know exactly what ended up happening there. Vera took flack because. People were like, you didn't actually win. You know, like O'Malley just got hurt. And then he got mad and was like, I won. Like I beat him, like fair and square. I'd do it again. So this was kind of the fight for Vera to step up. And it was a hard fight because it was against Aldo. And Aldo is, you know, 
people look at Aldo as like a, a nobody because of what happened against Connor, but they forget that Aldo was literally a champion for <clears throat> and unbeaten for 11 years. He was unbeaten. Was he like considered to like in that he was in that goat talk before he lost. Uh, and like 11 years, he was unbeaten. And then yeah. he lost on one punch to Connor, which was just, you know, and I think if, if I didn't pick the fight that I picked tonight for that, and we didn't have the rules, I would have picked that McGregor fight just for the simple fact that that fight was like so significant in so many ways for the UFC. Cause like Aldo was almost the pinnacle. He was the peak. And then as soon as that happened, it was like McGregor mania. Like Connor just went, he flew and then he just took off and Aldo kind of like dropped, but you know, Aldo's a very good fighter. He's elite in a lot of ways. He's a little bit older now, but like, he's still Jose Aldo, you know? Um, and he, you know, he beat Vera fair and square. Uh, Vera, again, he, he was, I don't, I don't think he would have won totally against O'Malley. Like, I think he would have had his moments cause he's good, but um, again, Aldo's just too, too good for him and, and has too much in his bag to, to lose to a guy like Vera. Um, and then the third fight was Pereira versus Chaos Williams. And again, Pereira is just one of those dudes. He's fun to watch. He's up and coming. Um, and he's got, he's got a lot of moves. He's got a lot of movement. And I just think he's, you know, in the UFC, it's starting to show and it's starting to form where moving and having these little moves, like you don't see guys who are just like straight up, like Connor's one of the only people and like Francis Ngannou and like people like that who kind of just stand in front of you and like throw the shots. But even Connor's not like that as much anymore. Um, you see these guys who just have like these awkward throws and these awkward punches and like if you watch a guy like Dominic Cruz, uh, you'd cringe if you watch a guy like Dominic Cruz. I don't know if you ever have. I've seen, yeah, I've seen him. Dominic yeah. Cruz throws punches like this, and he's like running at you with his head down, and like. But it seems like these awkward styles seem to be doing well, um, and it's like this this movement where it's creating movement and hitting punches from these like obscure areas and just creating obscure movements that people aren't used to, and like. Um, but Pereira is a really good fighter overall. He's a, what? Well, that's how you win fights. Yeah. Well, it's like I don't know if uh, I might. I'm going to try to trademark this. But my thing is change speed, change levels, and change angles. That's how you yeah. win fights. Yeah. It, what you're talking about right there. It does. Whether it's MMA or boxing or or whatever, man. Like even wrestling, changing angles, right? Positioning. Like that's how you win in wrestling. You get to change angles up. You can't just go. Can't bull straightforward attitude. You can't win fights like that. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you can, but you're going to get to a level where you, you got to do these other things. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. And like you see these guys who are coming through and they're continuously creating, like, like I said, it's just, it's cool to see. Cause like, you know, Connor was kind of a guy who introduced movement as like a thing into the UFC. But then there's always been like, you know, like I said, Dominic Cruz has been one of those dudes. Um, Pereira, Anthony Pettis was a cool one. Um, who was just like hitting these weird Tony Ferguson, like they're all dudes. That blonde haired kid too, uh, uh um uh the lightweight uh with the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm having a brain fart. The the kid he he sparred uh Lomachenko and like they made a big deal of oh, man, what is his name, man? I'm having a brain fart. Blonde haired kid, he, uh, he's a lightweight. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. TJ Dillon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He hasn't been fight. He's supposed to fight soon, and I, I, I'm excited to see him because um, he's supposed to come back and just basically be like put into the mix because he was on. He was a top fighter until uh, yeah. he took steroids and he got suspended. Um, and Cody and like him and Cody Garbrandt go after. It. I like Cody Garbrandt. I don't know if you have ever seen him. He's just like. <laughs> Um, but uh but yeah so like you know the it's you know these guys who create movement and are like these obscure styles are starting to like show and they're and they're doing well and like michael Pereira is one of those guys and he won and he just won and uh, chaos williams i saw him fight last time and he did all right he wasn't anything special so i didn't see any way in which he was gonna win and michael Pereira is kind of like up and coming so again three for three on the ufc um then we got uh, Canelo and Triple G, just goats, absolute goats within their sport. Canelo, we'll talk about Triple G first. Triple G, 
fought, uh, I forgot the guy's name again, but a uh, Russian dude or a Polish dude. And uh, he just pieced him, pieced him up. That was it. Yeah, Triple G looked, uh, he, he looked better than I've seen him look in some years, but he actually, he boxed better than I've ever seen him box. Yeah. Which is crazy because he's about to be 39 years old. But uh, the head movement that he – like, Triple G has always been that, like, machine. Like, yeah. one of those Eastern European machines who just – he'll eat punches and just keep coming at you with the, those – his powerful punches. Um, but he was he was moving his head. He was, again, creating angles, um, throwing some nice shots that that, you know, he doesn't really – he's not known for. You know, like some up jabs and things like that. Um, so he he looked really, really, really good. I know that dude wasn't, you know, anything special, but Triple G looked fantastic. Oh yeah, I saw the head movement. I saw that. I think I I think I texted you. I think yeah. I texted you something about that. But like he was looking like top class fighter. It's like I mean he is, but like he was just looking even better. And at yeah. thirty nine, you're you know you see that and the conversations came back up about Canelo and whether, you know, I don't know if, from what I'm seeing, Canelo is like not interested in fighting him again. Um, which I wouldn't either. Cause he already almost kind of lost to him and then beat him. And then like, why would you want to fight him again? But, um, well, he said, he said after if, if triple G's got one of the belts, he's like, I'll, I'll fight him. He's like, yeah, I don't think Canelo would say no. I'm just saying like, if he had to choose, I doubt he'd want to fight him again. Um, but triple G is just, you know, he, he destroyed him. Um, he, if you watch the fight, it was just you were after like the second round. You're almost just like waiting to see like when or how he was going to finish him. Not really like anything else besides that. It was kind of the same thing as Joshua when he was fighting Pula. It was like you knew it was coming. It was just like how was it going to happen? Not like and it was how and when, not if it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then Canelo, Canelo put on a fucking show, dude. Like he just is head and heels above every single fighter. Easily pound for pound, like best fighter in the world. Um, you know, he went against a guy who was almost a foot taller than him, and his face after the fight looked like he was fighting the dude. <laughs> he was messed up. Yeah, he. Um, it's it, as far as pound for pound best goes, it's either him or Crawford. I mean, these shit. I mean, Lomachenko is still on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. top five, but. The thing that separates Canelo from everyone else is just his the, his tool set. You know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of guys who have the athleticism and, the, you know, the talent, the physical skills and shit like that. But, bro, this guy just does things. Like, it's – he doesn't have a pattern. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that he picked up from Mayweather when he fought him because he's gotten better every single fight since he lost to Mayweather. And he's done different things. He's added something to his, his toolbox every single fucking fight. Yeah. And you see him do things. Man, one of the things that he does that not a lot of other guys do, something that I love, like I teach um, like my clients this, like even if they're beginners. Um, I actually did it in one of my videos about um, uh, how to faint like a pro. Mm -hmm. You can use your eyes to faint. So it's not just fainting a punch, which Canelo was doing too, but he faints with his eyes. So what he'll do is he'll land a bunch of body shots. And, you know, that's what he's known for is a mean fucking body shot. Yeah, Which, by the way, if there's a textbook that tells you how to fucking land a body shot, it looks exactly like Canelo does it. Like, that's perfect body work. Um, you never see this dude throw, throw something light to the body. This is something I tell all my clients, too. You go to the body, you go to the body hard every time. Um, but he does this. He, he, he gets his body work in. And he does this thing where he, he stalks in, he gets close, he gets close, and he stares at the body. And you can see the, the opponent looking at his eyes, right? And then he'll lean down while he's looking at the body, and the opponent has no choice but to lower their guard a little bit, and then he'll come up top with a yeah. hook. Yeah. It's just beautiful work, man. He was out there, like, changing up speeds. Like, he would um, – this great combination that he used – a handful of times during the fight where he just flicked a jab, like not even a powerful jab, just flicked his hand up. Oh yeah. The fake he, he did the fake where he went like this. Yeah, like, like that was great. He fainted out with it with the two and then came up with that, that uppercut. But bro, he's, he fainted. He, he would flick that jab up to the head and then came right down the pipe, right to the belly button with a two beautiful combination, just beautiful work. Like it is, it's a work of art. 
Um, and the people that do it like that, like him and Loma and Mayweathers, and you know, you go back and watch Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard, guys that box the way that you're supposed to box, which is touch a dude up and get the fuck out of there. Like you get the boxing is get in, do your damage, get the fuck out of there before you get hit. Yeah. And Canelo does it like nobody else, man. It's a fucking beautiful thing to watch. And that's really- the thing, is like seeing him is like you see him pull that. He does the the get in and get out. But like if he needs to, he sits there and he can bang with the like yeah. he can bang with the best one. And like he'll because his defense on the inside is 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 almost perfect. His head movement's insane too. Yeah. Like, he he moves, he he can take shots, he can give them. Like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, with guys like that, you oftentimes see, like, you know, the people who can move are move for a reason because they can't take a shot. But Canelo, like, he can move and, like, he can still take those shots and then, like, he can fucking dish them out like nobody else. He throws bombs, absolute bombs every time he throws a punch. And the way he uses his high guard, too, like, he doesn't doesn't use the high guard as a form of, like, straightforward defense. Like, he'll use the high guard to – bait a guy in to throw something up top just so he can counter off of it yeah. because what he does he'll he'll have his guard up dudes will throw a shot he'll either do that mexican chin roll move his head and then come with the counter back in so basically he's moving like which is great from the opening bell everyone's like oh how's he gonna deal with the the, the size of Kellen smith from the opening bell all he did he put on that high guard and stalked him to move forward yeah. the entire fucking fight yeah. right and it wasn't like it wasn't like he was in there hiding behind the high guard, high guard and taking these hits. He, it was all to bait Smith to throw shots so he could counter. He's but just think, fucking brilliant. He is. I think going into a fight like that, I think it's pretty common knowledge for a dude like that. You're going to want to hit the body and make him almost like come down to you, which is what he yeah. did. You saw as the fight went on, Smith was here, and then he 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 just started getting destroyed. And you saw it. Nose eye face he was like at the end of the fight because his guard was just dropping because every time he was high i mean canelo's eight inches lower just body 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 then he's got to come down he's got to come down and as his head and hands drop it's just like hi fight's over <laughs> and and the thing is like i said it um when we gave our predictions that you know Callum smith is a one-dimensional fighter yeah right he he's got that high guard he stays behind his jab. He's got that that counter or or check hook, um, and a lot of British fighters have this problem. They don't move their fucking heads, and when you got a guy like Canelo who just has so much in his toolbox, if you're not going to move your head, like what do you think he ain't going to find a way in, in in between? You know what I mean? You're not moving your head. He's going to find a way in the guard. You got to move your head, man. Yeah. You can't like. This old school shit of just keeping your guard up and eating punches. One, something I like, again, go to my videos. I tell you, your eyeballs should be the first line of defense because your eyes are faster than anyone's hands, mm. right? You see the shot coming, first line of defense, slip, roll, get out of there. It's a, it takes a lot less energy than eating a full-on power shot with your hand that goes into your head. You're absorbing the entire shot. Yeah. That you can't last a whole fight with someone of Canelo's, at his level, with that stupid bullshit four hundred year old defense. Like you can't do that. You got to move your head, man. No, and that's no. why he stood no chance. And just even yeah, good. No, is that, that's it. He just oh, yeah. like, he there's, a, there's a point towards the end of the fight. I don't know if you saw this too, but they I think it was like the eleventh round or the tenth round. They were like joking back and forth because I think. Smith was trying to hit him with something, and Canelo just saw it coming, and like, just, yeah, it was just like, yeah, see it. Like, it was a check hook. He yeah. caught, he caught, he caught Canelo's shot here. Came back with that, and Canelo did his. I think he it was one of the times where he did his little chin roll because yeah. he knew it was coming. Yeah, and then, yeah, they were both smiling at each other, and, and Smith know, was like, "Oh, that, that was, was my shot." <laughs> Canelo, that was your chance, bro. <laughs> but and that's, all, like, that's all he had. That's all he. He was like, he just. Too one-dimensional, but he's tough as shit, man. Yeah. Oh, he, I mean, I don't think a lot of other people would have stayed alive because they were – I mean, he was getting drilled, dude. And, like, you saw it. Like, Canelo was – I was watching the fight with somebody who isn't fight uh, experienced. Like, they never watched fights. And they're like – they're like, 
wow, that guy's face is destroyed and his face is, has nothing on it. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's just... That's I know Canelo looked like he just got out of the shower after yeah. that. No, literally, took like, it looked like he took a hot shower. His skin was... Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just clear as day. He's right now the guy to beat. They're talking next fight for him. Whoever, I mean, he said whoever has the belt, he wants to fight. Um, yeah. You know... Which may be Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant's got a fight coming up. Which, uh, yeah, by, since uh, last week, we've had four fights added on January 30th, which okay. is tremendous. Um, one of them is Caleb Plant defending his super middleweight title. Oh, I forgot to tell you, his, uh, his gym is here. Did I tell you that? Caleb Plant? Yeah, they have, it's Music City Boxing in Nashville. That's where he started. Oh, really? Yeah, I was thinking about trying to go there. I, I, reached, I was going to probably go there either when I got back from uh going back home but his uh check it out he's caleb plan is good that guy's he's got some skills but again you know there's being skilled you know there's championship level and then there's all-time level yeah and canelo's at that all-time level and there's no one else in that division at that level right now so i think it would make for an exciting fight because caleb plan's got a really exciting style you know he Again, he he, um, he moves his head a lot, um, and he throws some bombs. He's got really fast hands, so it's it's exciting to watch. But I just man, he he doesn't he doesn't got it. Yeah, and look, it's nothing against Caleb Plant. He's awesome, yeah. but nobody does. What are you gonna do? Canelo's at a, a you know he's at a god level. Everyone else is just you know, hey man, can I get some money too? That that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. And like I said, if you watch a guy like Canelo, it's just clear as day, even if you're not a boxing fan or never watched a fight in your life, the example I just gave, you know, you see he's clearly just better than everybody. So that's it. Whoever he fights next, whether it be Caleb Plan, I know they were talking about Errol Spence. I don't know if they were saying. I don't know why Errol Spence would do that because he, the dude that's in his division, he yeah. even at his level. Terrence well, Crawford. They, they, so I saw them also got into it. Um, I guess Terrence Crawford said he's not looking for that anymore because Errol Spence said he wants uh he wants 70-30 split. And Terrence Crawford's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing that. He was like, until that changes, I'm not doing that. So I don't Crawford's yeah, yeah I they all that shit is all dumb. Yeah. I mean that that that's that's dumb. So whatever happens there. Uh, I, I mean I hope Crawford and Spence fight. I mean, I hope Spence doesn't fight Canelo because I really think he'll uh, he'll die. If he yeah, there's, yeah, there's no way that fight is happening. Yeah, this guy, yeah, he's gonna go up 13 pounds to fight Canelo. Like, yeah. no way. Yeah, no. They asked, well, "What is he? He's one. He's 155, right?" Who Spence? Spence? 147. He's welterweight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They asked Canelo if he could still make. Yeah. They asked Canelo if he could still make 155, and I think he said yes. So. Yeah. But. I don't know. So whatever. I mean, whatever fight Canelo has next on there, it doesn't matter. If you fight a tree, I would watch it. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So getting into this cool little thing, um, there is no fights coming up until January. Ryan Garcia is going to be the next fight, I believe, right? Yes. Next week. So Ryan Garcia, January 2nd, I believe is his fight. Um, Luke Campbell, we'll go over that the weekend after. Um, and then we got a cool load of UFC coming up, like beginning of the year. There's uh, some really good fights. And then there's a fight week that Dana White just announced. There's going to be three fights in the week. I think it's going to be Sunday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So Sunday, I think is going to be Max Holloway and Calvin Qatar main event. And then uh, Hamzat Kamaev and Leon Edwards, which I'm really excited for, which is going to be on like a Wednesday. And then it's finishing off with my boy Connor fighting P-Head Poirier. And he's going to mush him again. And I can't wait, but I'm excited to talk about that stuff. The New Year's going to bring a lot of good fights, and uh, we're going to we're going to predict all of them, and we're going to hit our 95 plus percent rate, and uh, go from there. But so the rest of this episode, what we did, we picked a fight each. I picked a UFC fight. Jake picked a boxing match, and what we did here is we're going to break it down. We have significance, just a breakdown of the fight overall, why we chose the fight, things like that. Um, what the only thing we had in terms of like a rule was that the guys had to be retired. So we couldn't pick any, um, you know, like Pacquiao and Floyd is a huge fight, but Pacquiao still fighting. Connor versus Khabib was a good, huge fight, but Connor still fighting. Um, there's, you know, 
the, the fight had to be two people who were retired, significance in the sport, or a fight that we just felt really good about picking. I picked one that was pretty significant, and Jake picked one that was pretty significant and controversial as well. Um, so, yeah, I'll go first. So my fight that I picked was UFC 94. Now, this was George St. Pierre versus BJ Penn. Um, this was the second fight that they had. The second fight of two, or uh, the second fight, uh, the first one ended in a St. Pierre win. And it was, you know, controversial as to whether it was St. Pierre. And this was kind of the, this was at the beginning of the UFC. Right now they're at, just to give you reference, they're about to be on UFC 257, I believe. So UFC 94, just to give you an idea there, that was X amount of years ago. And they usually have about six main events a year or six UFC events per year. So I think this was 2009, I believe the fight was. Um, Cause this was a long time ago. And, and then and the reason I say that is cause I'm gonna bring up some stuff on the significance, but 2009 UFC was still like developing. It wasn't what you see today. And a lot of it was because of George St. Pierre. A lot of it was because of these guys who are coming up like BJ Penn, like George St. Pierre that kind of transformed the sport and created the, the hype around it and to where it's been today. So this fight was significant because it was the first time that champions faced each other. So Pierre and Penn fought the first time and then went their separate ways for a little bit. Both became champions within their weight classes and then they came back and fought each other. Uh, or I think Pierre left for a little bit and then came back, but BJ Penn was a champion of the division. And then St. Pierre came back while he was still like former champion. So this was the first time two champions um, faced each other within a division. And this was kind of the first time anybody ever attempted like the, the champ champ type thing. Um, now, this was a good fight in the making. And the first fight was good. And this was also St. Pierre's fourth title defense overall. And again, this was all new stuff because there wasn't guys who were doing this in the UFC and there wasn't people who were, you know, good enough to hold the belts for this long. And a guy like St. Pierre came in at a time when he was really dominating the sport in a lot of ways because he was, you know, ahead of the game in grappling, striking, movement. And he was just, you know, he looked like a muscle turtle when he was, you know, back then he was just bigger than everybody else. So, you know, he made his fourth title defense um, and, GSP won the fight. He went on to get a TKO. He won in the fourth round. But from that fight on, it, it, you know, I think, I think BJ Penn had a chance. And a, a lot of people liked their, his odds. But I think a lot of people also knew that GSP was very much better than him. And they, a lot of them predicted the fight to go how it went, which was re really GSP was just like bigger than him. He was more athletic than him. He was just faster, stronger. And he just... He just really wore him down the entire fight. Right, right from the beginning, he was winning on the uh, on the feet. He was winning on the ground. He was too strong for him on the ground. And BJ Penn, you know, he was a very good fighter, but I, I saw some stuff about him recently. I guess he got knocked out in a street fight, like not too long ago, like dropped. And, and, <laughs> and he was like egging the guy on. And he was like, yeah, come on, come hit, come hit me. And they got dropped by some like drunk dude. So that was pretty embarrassing. But, uh, it gives me an idea of how he is on his hands or on his feet. Um, but anyway, so GSP was really just bigger, stronger, faster. Um, and the first couple rounds he was winning on the feet and he even got him down and he was basically dominating him against the cage, driving his shoulder into him, really just kind of dictating the action. He brought him to the ground and just controlled him basically the whole fight. Um, and then the third and fourth round was when GSP really started to like tire pen out and he saw that athleticism really start to kick in and he just really started picking him apart and then he you know it's just this is this like this is the quintessential mma style is you take him out you, you tire him out you get him on the feet and then if you can go for that takedown they went for the takedown and he just crushed him ground and pound all day elbows punches to the ground just crushed him and, you know, the, the, the corner actually threw in the, the fight for BJ Penn and stopped it because he was just getting brutalized and embarrassed. And, um, you know, this was one of those fights where, uh, you know, GSP really kind of like 
he solidified himself here. Like he really took a step in the direction of being like considered a goat, considered, you know, you know, stepping forward within the UFC and kind of like developing it to kind of become a superstar because they had a lot of stars, but they didn't really have like a superstar. And I, and that's where the UFC has benefited a lot over the last couple of years is, uh, is having those superstars that really drive the sport and it drove it like Connor, you know, people probably hate Connor, but having a dude like Connor is crucial to grow your sport and having a dude like GSP early on who, you know, GSP is a, is a, is a class act really. He's like, he's a good dude. He's a quiet dude. Like if you ever see his Instagram, he's not like this flashy dude. And he was like a really good guy to kind of have be the face of the sport early on. And he was just an all around great mixed martial artist. He was good on the ground. He was good on his feet. And BJ Penn, you know, he just didn't have what it takes. And I think that you see this often in UFC. Um, I don't think you see it as much in boxing and I'm going to say why. Um, Cause I think boxing translates well over time. And I really think that the, the skill, obviously I don't think that like an older fighter could be a current fighter because of skill and whatnot, you know, like there's different skill levels, but like, it's clear as day that like an older UFC fighter would not stand a chance against a current one because of this, the, there's so much different skill involved with like grappling has been, um, you know, increased in, in skill and capacity. Striking is like people are learning from professionals like boxers. They're learning how to kick from Muay Thai. Like they're developing all these different specialties and bringing it into the sport now. And they're becoming so well-rounded that those guys were, a lot of the early guys in the UFC were specialists. So you'd see like a jujitsu specialist step in against like a striker, or you'd see like a Muay Thai guy step in against like a, a you know, a, a, some type of wrestler. And it was like these specialties where now these dudes are just like, they're doing it all. Like they're jujitsu black belts and they're Muay Thai specialists or they're kickboxing specialists like Izzy. Izzy, for example, you know, whether his most recent purple belt um, promotion is worthy, um, he is a world champion kickboxer who is good at grappling. You're going to have a hard time fighting someone like that now. Yeah. And GSP was kind of that guy who you could have the argument bridge the gap. Whereas like he was one of the first ones to like fill everything and have like everything as a fighter. And it was clear as day on this night, it was clear as day on this night, but you know, he, he kind of, like I said, he solidified himself as like a legend in the sport. He defended his title. Um, and he was kind of, he was the best UFC pound for pound fighter at that time. Um, and really, you know, the thing that came of this for me is like, this is when people really started talking about GSP as like the GOAT of MMA. And um, whether I agree with that or not, I guess is a different story, but I really think that this fight solidified it. And if you watch it, this is one of those fights, if you watch, um, you could see the difference in, in skill um, because you could go back and I almost picked a Ronda Rousey fight um, the reason I stayed away from Rousey, cause I saw these two as very similar Rousey, I believe was a good fighter, but I think she was in a time before women's MMA was fully developed. Um, and, and she was just way better. So like her competition wasn't anywhere near who she faced and lost to because Amanda Nunez is a savage. And like, I hope she gets a chance to fight Jake Paul, um, cause she would kill him and Holly Holm and you know, these girls now are, they're becoming like Rhonda was what Rhonda is the current form of what GSP was. She was stepping into a bunch of specialties and people who weren't developed yet and, and really was uh, ahead of her game in terms of being there and GSP in this fight, you saw it. Um, and like I said, he, he kind of took himself and put himself as the go in MMA. And then now is that conversation, you know, is he, is he not? That could definitely be had the conversation. I don't think he is personally. Um, but yeah, Jake, any opinions on what you saw? Wait, first, who do you think is the GOAT in MMA? I have a hard time. Um, if if John Jones wasn't on steroids, I would 100% say him because he's definitely the best overall fighter. Um, him. Yeah, but you know what? Steroids steroids in fighting is not like steroids in like baseball or football. Like it's not. Yeah, like, I get that. Um, the only still- thing is. The, th- the thing with fighting is you can 
if you have any knowledge of fighting whatsoever you, and you have functioning eyeballs, you can see who the most skilled guys are. Well, and then, and like I said, if and I'm that honest, was for me, the best guy I had ever seen, well, first it was Anderson Silva, then it was yeah. John Jones. Yeah, Anderson Silva, I think was, I think he's up there, but I think John Jones, like, he's just so much better than everybody. And like, his striking is good. His kicking is good. His grappling is good. His ground and pound is good. His defense so is good. Like Canelo, so much in the toolbox. He uses yeah. so many different tools. And he's just so precise. And like he's got like that spinning elbow, and he's got like these weird kicks that he. And he's just stronger and bigger. Um, you know, I I lean towards him. Um, I I. It's hard for me to lean against Habib, but I don't. I don't like Khabib because I don't he's think he's though. Like yeah. how could you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, he is undeniably he's undefeated. So it's like hard to say, yeah, no. He's yeah, not, but he only does one thing. Yeah, and he just does it so well that it's like it's hard to go against it. Um, you know, I still um I personally still think Connor's up there. Uh I, I do, I know he lost and like he's kind of one-dimensional, but he's He's the go in a way, like he's been there in a way that like he's literally none of these guys would do what he's done and put themselves on the line like he has. Like he in, in three years, he went from 145 to 170 as a fighter. And like, yeah, he lost to Nate Diaz, but you know, he was 170 in two weeks and was supposed to fight at 155 and then took the fight because Diaz wouldn't come down to 155. And he was gassed and he lost. And Diaz is not a, a fighter that like is a bum. You know, he's yeah. not. And like, to me, the way that Connor's put himself out there, not a lot of people would. So like, I, I like, and I like Connor's style overall. I think there's a couple of people coming up that have a chance. Like, I think I'm really excited about Izzy fighting John Jones. Cause I think he could really be someone who like could step into like a goat role. If he really develops his ground game and he becomes, cause he's just a different animal too. Like he, uh, his striking, I don't know if you've ever watched him. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him fight. If you were to beat John Jones, I mean that's that's taking quite a step up. Yeah, and like if you see, you know, Izzy's one of those dudes who's just right now he's in his bag. He's got his he's got his thing. He's he's a kickboxer who just and 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 this is and and this is the thing. It's like before in UFC, it was like you had to have a ground game, like you had to be able to wrestle. It was becoming that because Habib. There was guys like, you know, uh, Poirier, there was, you know, black belts coming. There's a lot of black belts in the, in the game and you needed it. But like Izzy is beating black belts on his feet and not, and like, as, as he's got takedown defense and he can kick and punch you from a lot of different ways. And he shows you, he switches stances, he changes levels, he's fast. So like, you know, it's starting to show like these guys who are elite strikers are taking out these jujitsu artists. Like these yeah. guys, because, you know, and if you have good enough defense, if you can't get taken down, it's like, the, what, and if you can't get close enough. You can't take people down when you're fucking asleep on the mat. That's what I mean. It's like, and, and it's showing. And like, I, I, like, Izzy's got the style. He's got the length. He's got the skill on top of that, that like, you know, Paulo Costa, like he had a bad game plan going in, but he dominated this guy. He's a black belt and he was supposed to be like a mauler. And couldn't even get close to Izzy. Couldn't even step within his range. And like he's about to go up to 205. And this is and this is gonna be the thing. It's like if Izzy goes up to 205, his next fight's gonna really tell you like what's gonna happen with his career. And I know this is a little bit off tangent from what I just talked about, but like it, it's important to kind of go over this because it's part of the conversation is whether GSP is the GOAT or not. If Izzy goes up to 205, puts an ass open, like I think he's going to on Blahovich, because Blahovich isn't you know, he's a good fighter, but I don't think Dominic Reyes, um, I actually said Dominic Reyes is going to lose that fight. I didn't, I wasn't, we weren't doing this yet, but I picked Blahovich because I didn't like, I saw, I saw the, the videos they do on YouTube beforehand and he was acting like he was a champion because he lost to John Jones, but he said he won and he was acting like he was a champion. I was like, this dude's going to get hurt. I was like, I really think he's going to lose this fight. And I was sitting there with my friend. I was like, I'm picking Blahovich. And then he got kicked in the first round and then he got fucking wobbled and that was it and the fight was over um but i don't think blahovich is good um and i think izzy's gonna pick him apart and then it's just gonna set up john jones versus izzy um 
And I think that's really going to, I think that fight for now is going to be like true pound for pound go um, for now. And then, um, you know, there's always going to be someone better and someone who's more efficient, but like right now I'd say John Jones until Izzy steps up. Um, I, I would personally put Connor in the top five, just cause I think he, for what he's done as an athlete and like just his style and like what he's put himself through, like, you know, whether he lost to Mayweather, he still somehow got into a ring with Mayweather. Um, you know, he, he's fought at all these weight classes. He's got the fight against Al, like just the, the and that's the thing. It's like, that's why that Aldo fight was so significant because he like introduced, he like, he showed you what mental games could do to somebody. Like he won that fight two months earlier and you know, he just knew it that night and then knocked him out with one punch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got a little off track there, but. Uh, well, I, I agree. obviously I don't, I don't know. I don't watch nearly. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is, let's, let's Jake doesn't really. I, watch I, I, I think John Jones, just based off what I know about fighting. Yeah. Um, Cause before that I did think GSP was up there. Mm. Um, and some of it he showed in the, in that fight against Penn, um, his ability to, throw a competent punch mm -hmm. um because after i think it was i think it was around like the end of the second or the third round he started keeping and off with his jab yeah. it was a really really good looking jab um i mean other than that it was it was a bunch of fucking you know driving a dude into the fucking cage and holding his leg and like all that shit that i don't give a fuck about because it's yeah. You're not inflicting pain on anyone by trade. Like it's so stupid. Um, but I did, I did have a problem with both of those guys. Like every time they threw a right hand, they first of all, GSP was flat footed. I never noticed this about him because he's so like um, agile. And he's like you know, um, really quick on his feet. He's like, he had always been quick on his feet. Um, and pretty good movement, although like everyone else in the MMA doesn't move laterally, just yeah. front and back for some reason. I, it'll, <laughs> it'll bother me like forever. Um, but he was flat footed. So like he was throwing, both of them were throwing the right hands with like everything they had and their feet were staying flat. Like they weren't turning on their and toes. He had, a really, he had a really wide base a lot of the time. And like a lot of people in the yeah. like Connor does that, like. A lot of people when they it's it's because like I mean, even Connor, Connor turns on his his toe though he turns on the two so when he throws his left hand he's turning on it yeah. and again, again Connor comes from you know he started out in boxing so that's yeah. probably why he does that but like that bothers the shit out of me because I, I mean again you guys are at a professional level uh, boxing is part of mixed martial arts yeah. fucking get it right man well get that's what it. I think I, and this is what I'm trying to what I was saying it's like for me. I think it's going to start to be clear. The people who throw the best punches are going to start to take over. And Izzy is part of that. Connor is part of that. And I think, you know, a guy like Khabib will, can and would be beaten by someone who's elite on their feet. Like if you, if you shrunk down Izzy and put his, and like Connor is Izzy at the weight class, really. He, he's got every skill that Izzy has. I think that a dude like Khabib really on his best night loses to a guy like Connor because um, especially in like a, a, in a non, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, but like a, a non-sanctioned like fight, if it was like a street fight, I'd rather have Connor's skill set than Habib's skill set. Listen, I just, again, if you have functioning eyeballs, I think if you look at the skills, it's clear. It's like, yeah, once Khabib gets you in his grip, it's pretty much over. But there's so much damage to be done on the way in. It's just no one has fucking taken advantage of. It. Yeah, because they're so worried about it. Yeah. He's always been there to be hit, and guys just don't do it. They see like, him coming. And, oh, oh, oh. And again, in the UFC, you know, there was a couple times when Habib was on Connor, and Connor hit him with like knees to the head. But you can't throw knees to the head on the ground. Whereas, like in, in a regular, like in a regular fight, that would be open all day. You get hit with a couple of knees in the head on the ground. And you're not holding on for much longer. You know what I mean? And like, and like, I love, I like Khabib. I like his style, but like for me, it's just, I, I don't, you know, 
I don't know. I just I don't think he's the go. Like, like that's yeah. what it is. I mean, like, let's call it what it is. He and only his does punches are fucking hideous. So like, <laughs> but so the, going back to the the, the Penn um, GSP fight, I uh, I saw you know what you saw, just GSP fucking mauled him. I mean, it was boring as shit. I mean, yeah. even when he had him on the ground, like I, I saw so many openings. Like, why aren't you punching him here? Why aren't you punching here? And and I understand it's because it's different training, it's a different mindset. You have different like you have a different set of goals. You get a guy in the ground, you're you're trying to do things. So his mind is working differently. It's like, oh, I need to position myself to do this instead of like, dude, he's fucking wide open and he's got, he's got his, his uh, form in uh, Penn's chest and Penn's like got his arm out like this, trying to grab his other arm and he gets his arm out of it and then goes to pin his arm to move again. It's like, bro, get his arm away and fucking wail it. You know? So I saw what you saw. He, he mauled him. Um, Terrible punching other than GSP's. Uh, he did have a beautiful jab that yeah. that really, I think that started the downfall of BJ in that fight. Yeah. When he was able, like, every time like BJ came in and tried to like throw his right, um, uh, GSP would hit him fucking upstairs, downstairs with a really stiff jab. Um, and I think it was in the, the third round, he fucking busts his mouth open yeah. with one of those jabs. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, my take on it. Yeah. Good jab. That was, that was wrestling on the ground. Yeah, and it was just ground and ground. That was it. And like you know, like I said, the significance of that fight was that was the first time two champions were facing off, um, and it was GSP really settling himself within kind of the the goat status or being like that top pound for pound fighter within the world at that time. Um, but that's my fight, UFC ninety four. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. Just type in UFC ninety four. It was uh, Pierre versus Pe- or, uh, Pen two. Um, I watched the Spanish version. Yeah, it's Pele Gratis or something like that. I, I don't know why they don't have like the English version. Um, I didn't have to listen to Joe Rogan's dumbass like, <laughs> over nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, I like Joe Rogan, Rogan as a commentator. Rebs like, oh, he's got him now. He's gonna fucking <laughs> kill him. Like, relax, Joe. You're relaxed. Oh, uh, that's funny. Heaven DC, I like the combo. Um, all right, so Jake's fight. We got. Uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you take it. Go ahead. So uh, I picked uh, Pernell Whitaker and Oscar De La Hoya. I didn't. I really didn't. I mean, it was a significant fight because it was, you know, the. Um, I think it was Oscar's first fight at welterweight, uh, moving up from, one forty. From the the research I did, they called it the. Uh, it was deemed the pound for pound fight, like it was supposed to be like the. Well. I mean, Roy Jones was at the top of the game at the time. I don't know. That's just the research I did, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> someone just was just fucking talking out of their ass, bro. Roy, <laughs> Roy Jones was like at his peak in 97. <laughs> fucking pound for pound. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, speaking of that, and Roy Jones was uh, um, one of the commentators at the fight. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't pick it for any significance other than like what I wanted. I wanted to break down a fight between um, two really good boxers, technical boxers, but with completely different styles. Mm. And now Whitaker is no, he's one of the best defensive boxers in history. I mean, you know, right up there with, you know, Armstrong and, and that Mayweather um, right, right up there, right up there with those guys defensively. And De La Hoya is a classical Mexican boxer. Come straight forward, one, two, three, and 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 that three is always coming fucking really hard. Um, which uh, De La Hoya is one of the best left hooks in the history of boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really why I picked it. Um, and it was it was a pretty exciting fight. It uh, Sweet Pea tried to make it. Um, so, so per, Whitaker was 33 and Dale Hoy was 24. Um, so at the time, uh, Sweepy was the champ. Um, he had been the champ for a long time. He only had one loss at the time, which wasn't actually a loss. It was controversial. It was some bullshit. Um, and, uh, Dale Hoy was up and coming. Like everyone, everyone knew like, how oh, Dale Hoy is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Whitaker tried to get in in De La Hoya's head. He was he was doing some some old pro shit, you know, like wrestling with him, digging his head into him, leading with his head. He tackled him a couple times. You know what I mean, he was stepping on his feet. He was uh uh you know he was like talking to people at ringside, just everything he could do to try to get into De La Hoya's head. And I think part of that was because he he knew. Uh, what type of ability De La Hoya had. And Oscar showed it. Um, you know, there's always that, there's that, that old saying, you know, the way that you beat a Southpaw if you're orthodox is to throw the two. You use the two, the, the right straight down the pipe, that's your, your, your best shot. And uh, it, it worked for Oscar. I mean, he, to perfection. I mean, he landed that thing crisp, clean, many, many times throughout the fight. Um, switched to southpaw a couple times. Um, he had a little bit of success. He ended up getting knocked down. I mean, it was a bullshit knockdown, but still technically the right decision because um, he did. He got caught with a shot, but he was he switched to southpaw and his he stepped inside Whitaker's stance mm-hmm. and his back foot. Um, ended up getting caught on Pernell Whitaker's front foot. And so he was sliding at the same time that Whitaker landed a, a shot. And it was a little like pity pat shot, but his glove touched the ground. So he got, um, it was a knockdown. Um, but overall it was a really, really like there, it was, it was a great fight because of all the, the dirty shit that Whitaker tried to do. And it was great. It was fun to watch. But still, they had these pockets that were absolutely brilliant technically from both guys. You know what I mean? That's why it was such a good fight. It was a really close fight. Um, De La Hoya got the decision, which um, I agree I with. Agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. It was. Some people think it was controversial. I, I, I think it was a fair because it wasn't like he like the scores blew him out. I think he um, two of the judges. One, I think it was one kind of draw. Let's see here. Yeah, yeah, I think one had a draw. The other guys, the other two had him winning by two points, like 116, 140, something like that. Like it was, it was not that bad, big of a disparity. Let's see. It says. Uh, hmm. We need a Jamie. Hey, Jamie, pull up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what the Ferro can find. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, so De La Hoya was awarded the bout by unanimous decision, two of the scores being 116 to 110 and 115 to 111. That's why, because I thought it was a draw, but um, it was, like, hugely in De La Hoya's favor, and a lot of people did Oh, yeah, it's, I, I don't remember that. So when I just rewatched the fight, I didn't, um, I didn't uh, um, watch I didn't uh, watch the end to where they came. I don't, I don't remember it being so that's and that's what i said so that's yeah i don't i don't agree with that i mean 116 that's what i said when i I was gonna say when i saw it i i like i agree that de la hoya won i don't know that i was that much and i thought pernell whitaker uh i i saw it more as like split like i thought pernell whitaker like did really really i I tried to watch that fight without seeing the results because I didn't know who won that fight. So I watched it without seeing the results. And then I did all this research on the back end when I was done. Um, and I thought I thought Whitaker had, at least I, I thought, because you see fights now and people are like, oh, this guy won. They're like, what the fuck were you watching? Like, at least that was like, Whitaker looked sharp. He looked good. And like, he did was doing that stuff. And like, he did knock down De La Hoya, whether it was or not, they ruled him knockdown. Um, I, I thought that it was a lot closer. And like, I think that's where people saw the controversy and the controversy in the decision was yeah. it was so heavily favored by De La Hoya. And like a lot of people are like, Whoa, like Whitaker could have won that fight, you know? Yeah. I, they, again, it comes down to the, like the judges and what they're looking for. I mean, like I thought De La Hoya won, like some of the close rounds I gave to De La Hoya because he was pushing the action. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I, there were, I mean, I would say like four or five rounds that, that were pretty even, like dead even. Yeah. 
that I gave to De La Hoya because he was just, he was pushing forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like this was the stats I saw after too, which I just pulled up again. Um, I think Whitaker had, so Whitaker outpunched De La Hoya and landed 232 punches and De La Hoya only landed 191. And then he landed 160 jabs and De La Hoya only landed 45. But it was power punches that like Dale Hoya outlanded him a lot. Yeah, 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 yep. And then, you know, that was kind of, again, like the the lone knockdown of the fight was Whitaker. And that's where they kind of were like, hey, you know, like we saw this, but then everyone was like huge favor of Dale Hoya. I thought, you know, Whitaker, I've always seen him. It was a lot closer than that. It was a lot closer than those guys. I I don't don't remember it fucking being like that. It's crazy. Uh, And I watched the fight you know, 23 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whitaker, I've seen him fight a couple times, but you know, like it's always cool. And I, I appreciate boxing more um, as a sport uh, because it, it's so much more, it's specialized. Obviously it's just punching and it's, I appreciate watching because it's like such skilled people at like that high level of punching that like you see the best of the best and like you see that with De La Hoya and you saw that with Whitaker and these guys are just like two people who are just they throw their punches perfect they they play defense they they set up the jabs it's kind of like we were talking with Canelo like when you see guys like Canelo fight there was like a bunch of Canelos like back in the day that were like stars um Whereas now it's, I don't know, I don't know what the difference is. Cause I don't, you know, and this is what I was going to get to when I was talking about that earlier is like, when I see guys like Whitaker and De La Hoya <clears throat> and like you fast forward to now, it's like, I still see those guys putting up like fights today. Like if they were in their primes, you know, maybe I'm wrong, um, but like, they're so good that it's almost like, you know, how would they fare against like a, you know, I totally agree, but I mean, but again, we're talking De La Hoya and Whitaker are all time great. But that's what I mean is like, even like to me though, the with you and like I, you know, UFC's wasn't its infancy, but like the all, and this is what I was saying is like the all time greats of UFC ten years ago would get fucking demolished in today's game, and I I think that box, and I'm not saying this as a knock against boxing, I'm saying this as like. A positive is that like these fights back in the day were so high level that like you can still watch them today and, and appreciate them whereas like ufc you watch ufc back in the day i didn't even like ufc back in the day because it was just like i don't know it was sloppy to me it was kind of like oh like you know i've grown yeah, into it like, that. Like, 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 it's boxing is polished it's a it finished polished product yeah. and ufc is like this jumble of like things like some shit is exciting some shit looks like garbage yeah and to your your point guys are becoming more polished in more areas which is making the guys back in the day look worse yeah what is good at all around you know what i mean and i think like to me it's like you know and like i said i don't don't know because i don't i don't know if my point is making sense coming out but like you know i appreciate watching older boxing because like you can still take stuff from that you know you can still take the you can watch a Cornell Whitaker, Oscar De La Hoya, and you can be like, wow, that is fucking legit. You know, you can watch that stuff back in the day for UFC, but to me, it's just like, oh, that was cool for its time. <laughs> I, mean, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. I, but again, man, like, I, you know, I, I say this all the time, like, it, it, you know, one of the reasons, like, when we go back to, like, the, you know, these stupid celebrity exhibitions and shit, and, you know, new, new fans coming into boxing, like, Boxing is not hurting. Boxing doesn't need anyone. Boxing has been around since the dawn of man. Yeah. And there's a reason why at this point, fighters, professional fighters look so polished, yet you could go back to the 40s and be like, those guys could compete with champions of these days because they were so polished because it's been around for so fucking long. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, obviously like certain things like that Mayweather's form of defense is like this thing was developed in the past 30 years. Yeah. You know what I mean, so yeah, there are some new things that come up and obviously like when it comes to, to, to strength and conditioning, there are new things that we learn. So there, 
there's like that aspect, but the, the pure, the science of it, right? Yeah. What fighting is, what boxing is, um, hasn't changed all that much in centuries. Yeah. You know, and that's why you can say that, but it, it's different in MMA because there are so many different variables that now, to your point, I think people are starting to realize like, oh, it's not good enough that I'm just good at this one thing and I'm trash at these other things. Yeah. I mean, so guys, you know, like, Izzy and fucking John Jones, these guys they have like that are so well rounded, would fucking destroy the guys. And, that were- and this is the other thing, though, is what I'm bringing it back to as well is like it's becoming more and more clear the better you are on your feet, the better, like you just stand a better chance because the fight starts on your feet. No matter what you're in, unless obviously, unless you're in jujitsu, like the fight starts on your feet always. And to me, it's becoming more and more clear if you have Canelo's skill set with blue belt capabilities and defense, you're gonna win 90% of your fights. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, what it comes down to is like, like, look, um, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, uh, we were talking about the Khabib Connor fight. Yeah, how it takes a lot more work for someone who's good at grappling and does their work on the ground like that to get to a finish than it does for a guy who can knows how to hit. Yeah. If you can punch or kick um, efficiently, it's fucking lights out. If you're Khabib, you have to do work to get to the point where you're ready to snap someone's arm or put them to sleep. You know what I mean? So it's, it, 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 it there's a longer road to that more things can happen to get out of it where it as, a punch or a kick and just fucking put you to sleep. Yeah. If, if, if you're good at it. Or put you out of fucking commission. That's all I know. I've been taking kicks the last couple of days and they're light. And my legs are like, ah, that doesn't feel yeah. nice. <laughs> I can't imagine getting fucking pelted by like someone who's actually trying to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a more efficient form uh, of attack. Right? Yeah. It, it just is. Yeah. I mean, say, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, the, 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 the quickest. Um, way from point A to point B is a straight line. You know, that's if I'm throwing a fucking straight right, it's it's so much more efficient than you trying to get in on me and take me down and, and do all this other shit. It's just more efficient. Yeah. Well, I, well, then the thing was for me, like I saw, obviously, you'd want the other skills as well. Like you want to have those skills in terms of like an overall fighter. Um, I used to, when I started jujitsu, I was like, oh, you know, why wouldn't like I would want to be really good at this like obviously um but like as I've started to do you know I've always been into boxing but like and this is just from my experience as like an average person who does it you're you're on one end of the spectrum where you're a former boxer and like you know now you're a boxing coach where you you have that you've been in fights you've been around people who are professionals and like you've been in that atmosphere and you've you know you you have that experience my experience is more about like dabbling in that stuff as well um but like i've seen the people who are really good and like this is uh, like i appreciate your perspective because when you first i remember when we first started talking about like fighting stuff um you were heavy on like that that like a punching style is better and i was like i don't know because like jujitsu is pretty hard like you know and i was in like a specific jujitsu setting like I, I was just people who were doing jujitsu there was no kicking or punching involved and now as i've gotten more involved with the kicking and the punching especially like especially the kicking it's like oof, dude like i don't know like i don't know that like i mean jujitsu is important don't get me wrong like it, and like if you even know a little bit on the ground you're going to be better than most people but like that kicking and punching if you know how to move and you're to your point you know how to throw a punch efficiently and a kick effectively, like, it's just... Dude, think about some of these Muay Thai guys. Like, when they're in that Muay Thai clinch, like, they get you there, and they're throwing those knees on the inside. Fuck, your jiu-jitsu means garbage. You know what I mean? You're taking a fucking knee. Like, what are you going to do? Go down to to (laughs) shoot in on a guy to go and catch a fucking... To the face? Your whole face is smashed in? Even, like, those guys throw the the knees, like, to the inside of your thigh or throw the knees to the ribs? Yeah. I mean, at that point, and and at that point, you're in in where you want to be as a jiu-jitsu guy, right? You're in there ready to clinch, but now you have to deal with this other thing that this guy's an expert at, throwing Mm -hmm. those knees and those quick elbows on the inside? 
you know, again, like that's, it's just more efficient, man. Just yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting stuff. That's, yeah. that's all I got to say about it right now. It's, uh, I love it. That's why I continue to talk about it. Um, we're going to have to do this. Well, uh, next week we got the Ryan Garcia fight, but uh, we'll figure something out for next week. Um, but yeah, let us know how you guys like the fights that we predict or that we uh, went over today. As for our predictions, we're, we're still crushing over here. Uh, we're getting 95 plus percent of our fights right. Um, we're, not, we're not planning on changing that. So continue to listen in. Let us know if you have any predictions for the upcoming year, any fights that you guys are excited about, any fighters you're excited about. We're always interested in kind of hearing about that and seeing, um, watching new people. Um, yeah, and then for uh, us, we'll be back next week. Again, this is episode 10. I fixed everything. By this point, I will have fixed everything and I'll have all the episodes up. If you guys have any questions, please reach out or any comments, let us know. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Those with Anya. <laughs>